The Honor and Remember flag is a nationally recognized symbol that sends a message of appreciation for the sacrifice made by our fallen heroes and their families. The flag flies at many NASCAR races around the country, and you can help honor our nation's fallen military members and remember the eternal sacrifice of their service by flying the flag too. Text FLAG to 71777 or visit honorandremember.org to learn more. Together, we remember them all. There's been an odd shift in human behavior over the last 15 plus years. A sense of entitlement. A constant need for attention. Ironically coupled with the need to be left alone. A desire to be treated the same as everyone else. Stupidly combined with the mindset of, I'm special, so treat me accordingly. Introducing the book, Amateur Nation. The Decline of Common Sense, Manners, and Social Skills. The second edition. Inside, you'll read The Amateur Mission Statement. The 30 Truths About Amateurs. The Four Stages of Being an Amateur. Amateur habitats and history. Social media plus me, me, me equals amateur. Technology and amateur behavior. With dozens of real funny photos, weird signs, and laugh out loud real life accounts and actual conversations vividly showing how us pros are surrounded by amateur nation every day. Download the expanded second edition of the ebook Amateur Nation, The Decline of Common Sense Manners and Social Skills. The second expanded edition, available now. Be a pro. Go to Amazon. Type Amateur Nation. podcast you are about to hear is often based on true events and people. It chronicles the dialogue and actions of random, anonymous, obnoxious, self-entitled, unintelligent, self-centered idiots, attention whores, ignoramuses, dolts, clods, nimrods, douches, weirdos, drama queens, overly sensitive crybabies, and people who think they are better, more important, and special than the rest of us. In one word, amateurs. Amateur Nation with Lou Santini. And why exactly are you here? Well, we call attention to and call out the amateurs, the people who are doing life wrong, the speed bumps of life, the people that are in your way every day, the unintelligent, obnoxious, attention-whoring, self-entitled drama queen victim types who chip away at the moments of your life due to no self-awareness, common sense, manners, or social skills, and are disturbing the flow of the pros. Hi, Mom. Oh, hey, Lou. Amateur Nation. It's not just a podcast, it's a movement. And this is episode 241, Amateur Nation, a nation of pussies. On today's episode, mass crap, not it, and how is it that amateur millennials aren't happy? And, of course, nibbles on a la carte and a selection of things that are done right on three pro things. As always, Pro Nation first. Shouts out to at Jarena Saray and James Jensen 36 on Truth Social and Mel Pfaff, Casey Jadler, Kelly Martini 7, Brian Phillips 21, Chris Golian, Kim Uccellini, and Rob Lachelt on Instagram. Your post of the week, this apropos post regarding COVID, the pandemic, and the Maui fires, East Palestine, and of course, the entire climate change hoax that I mentioned last week, where it listed a dozen or so fake headlines where certain parts of the globe are, quote, heating up faster than the rest of the earth. Listen carefully, this from Point Blank America on Instagram. Very simple. If you allow the government to break the law for an emergency, the government will create emergencies 
to break the law. And to that order, speaking of the Maui fires, Oprah, who has all but vanished from the public eye since her spiritual advisor was jailed for almost 400 years after raping and enslaving over 600 women, had her land in Maui go from 100 acres of land to over 1,000. I know, but she gave the audiences free cars. That's called a drop in the bucket. That's called long-term bribery. Spend decades building goodwill and giving handouts to the weak, making yourself seem like a great humanitarian. Make billions with TV and Weight Watchers, which, by the way, last time I checked, Oprah is still obese, and then quietly slip away with your money and take, take, take evil 101. See also Bill Gates. The man is simply a mad scientist, plain and simple. Anyway, that Hawaiian city had a worth of five and a half billion, and they're already talking about the elite buying it up and putting up apartments and resorts to the tune of tripling that in value. Think about the evil that exists, where the elite have so much money and power they can literally snuff out an entire city so they can take their land and lives, and they have the patience to wait it out. Because you see, Trump's election in 2016 stalled their plans for world domination. So now all those corrupt people pulling the strings, listen carefully, are getting older and old. They want to be around to see the results of their tyranny. They want that desirable land. They want people enslaved. They want to live separately from the rest of us slobs. Very Hunger Games-y, no? Or Demolition Man? Or Snowpiercer? Your pick. They want to enjoy this power before they're too enfeebled to process it. They're ensuring their great-great-great-grandchildren own your great-great-great-grandchildren. Trust me, if not now, not next week, next month, next year, next decade, it'll all come crashing down around them. There have been empires that thrived on the backs of the poor, but the difference is this time the poor that they're relying on are so stupid and too indoctrinated and too physically, mentally, and emotionally weak to support the wealthy elite who control them. And eventually, they'll collapse. And unlike history, the people who aren't falling for it are heavily armed. They're smarter. They're ready. They have their eyes open and their ears open. And they are indeed learning from history. And of course, now it's been a little over a week since Trump was arraigned and had his mugshot taken. And I'll just say this. Keep poking the bear, Amateur Nation. Fuck around and find out. Here's what's happening in Amateur Nation. Perhaps you had better start from the beginning. Step one. Topic number one. Topic number one. Up this just in. Science is back and it's maskier than ever. You're not really going to fall for this mask crap again, are you, Amateur Nation? (laughs) Of course you are. Amateurs rarely learn. Back to losing social skills, not meeting with friends, not going to church, putting on your mask to walk to your table, and then stupidly taking it off to eat. Back to not seeing smiles, being suspicious of everyone, and Amateur Nation's favorite, feeling powerful and virtuous by confronting those who aren't living in fear like you do. Amateur Nation will get more shots, get more adverse reactions, and then die. Which is what they want, by the way. They being the very people you're defending, Amateur Nation. Those people who strip away your freedom, your physical and mental health, your trust, your movement, and your very being. You don't see it because you want to go to Disneyland and you'll chip away at the moments of your life with a mask on and your kids will only know one world. You and your family will die early, but at least you died young doing what you were told. Shame on you. 
But since you amateurs love science all of a sudden in the last three years, maybe this will rattle your brain a bit. This article found in the cityjournal.org, written by Jeffrey H. Anderson, president of the American Main Street Initiative, a think tank for everyday Americans. You know, everyday Americans. I know, not scientists. Can you imagine? But here's the thing. He served as director of the Bureau of Justice Statistics at the U.S. Department of Justice from 2017 to 2021. Now, this article was brought to my attention by Alert Pro Erzep, who follows me on Instagram. And there's a No Amateurs t-shirt coming your way. Listen to this. This is, this is all facts. Here we go. Here's the article. The harm caused by masks. A new study suggests that the excess carbon dioxide breathed in by mask wearers can have major health consequences. Evidence continues to mount that mask mandates were perhaps the worst public health intervention in modern American history. A new study from Germany suggests that the excess carbon dioxide breathed in by mask wearers may have substantial ill effects on their health and in the case of pregnant women, their unborn children's health. Mask wearers breathe in greater amounts of air that should have been expelled from their bodies and released out into the open, also known as common sense. A significant rise in carbon dioxide occurring while wearing a mask is scientifically proven in many studies, write the German authors. Fresh air has around 0.04% CO2, they observe, while chronic exposure at CO2 levels of 0.3% is toxic. How much CO2 do mask wearers breathe in? The authors write that masks bear a possible chronic exposure to low-level carbon dioxide of 1.41 to 3.2% carbon dioxide of the inhaled air in reliable human experiments. In other words, while eight times the normal level of carbon dioxide is toxic, Research suggests that mask wearers, specifically those who wear masks for more than five minutes at a time, are breathing in 35 to 80 times normal levels. What can breathing too much carbon dioxide do to you? The authors write that at levels between 0.05 and 0.5% CO2, one might experience an increased heart rate increased blood pressure, and overall increased circulation with the symptoms of headache, fatigue, difficulty concentrating, dizziness, rhinitis, and dry cough. Rates above 0.5% can lead to reduced cognitive performance, impaired decision-making, and reduced speed of cognitive solutions. Beyond 1%, the harmful effects include respiratory acidosis, metabolic stress, increased blood flow, and decreased exercise tolerance. Again, Mask wearers are likely breathing in CO2 levels between 1.4% and 3.2%, well above any of these thresholds. What's more, here it comes, testes metabolism and cell respiration have been shown to be inhibited increasingly by rising levels of CO2. So, high blood pressure, reduced thinking ability, respiratory problems, and reproductive concerns are among the many possible results of effectively poisoning oneself by breathing in too much carbon dioxide. According to the authors, there exists circumstantial evidence that popular mask use may be related to current observations of a significant rise of 28% to 33% in stillbirths worldwide and a reduced verbal, motor, and overall cognitive performance of two full standard deviations in scores in children born during the pandemic. 
The article continues, nor is increased CO2 intake the only health danger that results from wearing masks. Now, the study focused only on CO2, but the authors note that the other noxious agents in the mask contribute to toxicological long-term effects like the inhalation of synthetic microfibers, carcinogenic compounds, and volatile organic compounds. They add that the increased carbon dioxide content of the breathing air behind the mask may also lead to a displacement of oxygen. Masks are also uncomfortable and unhygienic, and they profoundly compromise human social interaction. By the way, everything that I listed so far, these are all the reasons why they want you to wear masks. Funny how Dr. Keebler elf, I am science, Fauci, is silent about the Biden administration wanting masks brought back. He wants to slip off quietly, hoping we forgot about his crimes against humanity. Nothing to see here. Just signs telling you that masks are bad for you. I know. This is just one article. For you to be convinced, you need to at least see it on CNN and MSNBC. Then it's the truth. Right, wait, I got it. Clothing and bed linens made entirely out of masks. Think of the protection. You know, I was just commenting the other day how, and I don't want to oversimplify this, we should not ever have to really think about our government in the sense that it shouldn't be so intrusive. We should, again, should be able to trust that our government is getting the job done. Things like protecting our streets, making sure our utilities are running properly, keeping our roads paved, and making sure businesses are operating within the safety confines of common sense and laws. But instead... Now, we have to micromanage our government because the second you turn your back on it, they will take everything you have and ruin it right before they take it. I thought maybe this was because I was getting older, but frankly, it has nothing to do with that. Our government has now been exposed, and yes, thanks to Donald Trump, for being the fraudulent, charlatan-thieving, corrupt, pedophilic scumbags that most, not all, but most in politics are. We shouldn't have to spend a good chunk of our days worrying about how our government is going to screw us next, or take our freedom, or persecute us, or control us. And now this. And now for step two. Topic number two. Speaking of the government sticking its corrupt, diseased nose in where it doesn't belong, I saw a headline from Newsmax.com that read, Parents deride school tag bans as regulatory overreach, which of course it is. Now the government wants to ban tag. Tag. The game tag. When I first saw this, I thought, okay, this can't be real. I googled banning tag, and lo and behold, dozens of articles going back to 2012, all citing safety issues when it comes to the game of tag. Isn't it easy to enforce mandates disguised as laws when the government is just looking out for you because they care and you're stupid? Despite millions of kids throughout history playing tag, most with zero fatalities and injuries. But the government simply cannot allow you Americans to take that risk. The government knows what's best for you, you idiots. I won't waste time reading from the various articles, but rather the best one. I cannot tell you how much pleasure reading this article gave me. This could be the dumbest thing I've read on this show in a long time. Listen to these inane 12 valid reasons why tag should be banned from schools. <laughs> oh, he's serious. This was found from a website called GameSaver.com. G-A-M-E 
S-V-E-R.com. Here we go. 12 reasons, 12 valid reasons, it said. Number one, the game lets kids pretend to be predators. Oh, like the names on the Epstein client list? <laughs> Amen to that, brother. Woo! Number two, a potential for bodily harm. Oh, you mean like living your everyday life? You're going to kill a whole lot of people, aren't you? Number three, harassment and bullying. Oh, you mean like in competition? Oh, your little feelings party didn't work out, huh? Who won the hugging contest? No, let me guess. Everyone tied for first. Number four, insufficient supervision. Oh, you mean that there's a chance that parents won't be watching their kids 24-7? Here's a sentence no kid has ever said. Dad, can you stop what you're doing and come watch us so we can play tag? Oh, well, that sounds about as appetizing as, uh, as a, pie, a big pie, plate of, of dirt or something. Number five, consent and boundaries. I, I must read you this. It said, kids should be able to pause the game or opt out as soon as they feel unsafe. This is what is known as being a pussy. It said tagging involves touching. What happens to the kids who don't like getting touched? Wait, hang on. I know this. Uh, is the answer then don't play tag, you idiot? It says, do all kids know the amount of force acceptable when tagging their colleagues? Hey, what's with that body cast? I'll never play tag again. I guess this is where a referee would come in. So, what do you do for a living? I'm a tag referee. Number six, unnecessary interference from adults. It says schools have now come up with the rules banning running in tag, and now kids are walking to tag the runners, which makes it a different game altogether. Ooh, walking tag. I'm just picturing these idiot kids walking around with their arms outstretched like zombies. Must tag other kids. Am I the only one who realizes that this story isn't news? Others have included the <laughs> two-finger tagging rule, where the tagger now only has permission to tag the runner with just two fingers. <laughs> Who's tagging an opponent? <laughs> Who's tagging an opponent with all 10 fingers? <laughs> I felt three fingers disqualified. <laughs> what if you used your pinky on your left and your middle finger on your right? Didn't say which two fingers, right? Oh my God. Number seven, discriminatory tendencies. Here's the article. It says, some kids can't run fast. This includes obese kids who would benefit more from these games. But obese kids are usually the first ones to be caught because they can't run far and they end up sitting out on all the fun. Hey, fatty, you are fat. <laughs> and thus another life lesson. The article continues, other kids who could feel left out are those with physical challenges, like those who have to use walking aids, those with diseases such as asthma, among others. <laughs> I'm just picturing these disease-ridden, gasping for air, walking fat asses playing the world's slowest, most boring game of tag. Oh my god. Number eight, a major cause of mental disorders. <laughs> yes, such as wanting to ban tag for insane reasons. Can someone kindly tell me what the fuck is going on? Number nine. By the way, again, if you just joined us, these are valid reasons why tags should be banned. Number nine, potential for lawsuits. It says, and I quote, imagine a kid getting their limbs broken while playing tag. <laughs> I 
laughing my ass off thinking about it. Maybe Darwin was right. Nature really does weed out the Nimrods. <laughs> it says, it says, there are real life stories of kids dying after stumbling and falling while playing. <laughs> I would, I would actually pay money to read those stories. Okay, Whew, I gotta breathe. Number 10, stunted emotional intelligence in kids. It says, kids will do anything to win, even kill. No, it doesn't say that. It says, they stop worrying about their classmates' feelings and safety and concentrate on being crowned the winner, winning at all costs. You know, like the Biden administration. They must have played a shitload of tag as kids. Number 11, limited play areas and equipment. What equipment? Hey, you got 100 square feet, at least two players with two working legs and at least one working arm each? Congratulations, you're set up for tag. What's funny about that? Everything. And number 12, conflict. It says, imagine arguing in the playground and translating the same feelings in class. Maybe a friend accidentally caused them to trip and fall, and then the kid would want to retaliate. Hey, what happened to Billy? He tagged another kid in the playground. And it was Judgment Day. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop. Ever. Until you are dead. The article says, The second conflict would be many parents prefer to wrap their kids in a protective bubble and any issue to their children causes quarrels and lawsuit threats. Nice house, Bob. How'd you afford this? Oh, my amateur son broke his sternum and lost an eye playing unsupervised tag, and we sued the school district for $30 million. The article says, This makes teachers fearful and uncomfortable, which is an excellent reason to ban this game and other kinds of games. What, no mention of COVID? Racism? You're slipping, amateur nation. Man, when amateur nation wants you to not exercise and have social interaction, they really want you to not exercise and have social interaction. They did forget about one woke benefit when someone says, you're it. It. As in, they. Not he, not she. No labels. You can define it however you want. You'd think amateur nation would be thrilled. Oh my god, that story gives me so much pleasure. I laughed all day when I discovered this story. All right, you'll get a few bonus teasers throughout the week and a sneak peek Thursday trailer every week when you follow me on Instagram. Uh, it is at Lou.Santini3. Truth Social and YouTube are a little bit simpler, at Lou Santini. Uh, Facebook, at Lou Santini Entertainment. My main website is LouSantini.com. Leave a review about this show wherever you listen. A la carte and three pro things are on the way. And how can millennials not be happy? I have the answer. On topic number three next. The honor and remember flag is a nationally recognized symbol that sends a message of appreciation for the sacrifice made by our fallen heroes and their families. The flag flies at many NASCAR races around the country and you can help honor our nation's fallen military members and remember the eternal sacrifice of their service by flying the flag too. Text FLAG to 71777 or visit honorandremember.org to learn more. Together, we remember them all. 
Hi pros, Lou Santini here, host of Amateur Nation. My dry bar comedy special, Amateur Nation, is now available. And just like this show, if you're allergic to a lack of common sense in today's world, and you like your comedy delivered with uncompromising tell-it-like-it-is bite, then check out my half-hour comedy special, Amateur Nation. Go to drybarcomedy.com slash S. This is my way of saying thank you to the pros who listen to this show every week. Drybarcomedy.com slash S. Amateur Nation is not just a podcast, it's a movement. Back to you, fuckers. All right, now step three. Topic number three. Hit me! All I hear from amateur millennials is how depressed, oppressed, anxiety-filled, triggered, and maligned they are. There's a lot of sick people out there. Instead of asking, why are millennials so depressed? Maybe we're not phrasing the question properly. Rather, how is it that amateur millennials are born into an era of the internet, AI, home delivery everything, home shopping, digital everything, instant access to information, entertainment, and news, and yet things are so hard for them? Everything has been handed to them. How do we, rather they, not see the connection between having everything handed to them and their anxiety, lack of fulfillment, depression, triggers, weakness, weak-mindedness, and their overall suckiness? You amateur millennials live in an era where you could just change your gender because you say so, and people have to go along with it. You're so used to having everything instantly with no effort or sacrifice, and worse, are brainwashed into thinking that work and sacrifice are bad things. No wonder you nincompoops think gender can be changed by adding a bra and tucking back your little dicks. Don't worry. I got enough. Sure, you could go the surgery route and hormone route and go all in in changing your gender. Pronation still ain't buying it despite your temper tantrums and your crying fits shot in the front seat of your Nissan Leaf shown on TikTok. After all the ease you're born into, with the world seemingly bending to your every whim, you still don't have happiness. And the worst part is, you don't even know what it would take to give you that happiness. What, end racism? Defunding police, no more guns, we all drive electric cars, wind power, give you free medical care, eating bugs, making it okay to have sex with underage children? Then you, the amateur millennial possibly listening right now, will finally find happiness? Oh, oh wait, free schooling? Why, so you can get a degree in Taylor Swift studies? And that's a real course offered at NYU's Clive Davis Institute. You have computers and instantly accessible knowledge and information literally in the palm of your hand, and yet somehow all of your troubles are the fault of the generation before you that did not have instant access to any of the very information you do. Instead, you'd rather swipe right or left. Instead, you'd rather spend your hard-earned money on some thoughts-only fans. Instead, you'll watch a video of looters on TikTok. So again, millennials, go fuck yourselves. You get no sympathy from this host. You have everything that the generations before you never had. And the fact is, your shitty parents 
didn't prepare you on how to do life right, and you can't handle it because, here it comes, you're weak. Because your parents, not the boomers, your parents, who gave birth to you, who had you, who birthed you, scratch that, your mother, who is a woman, a real woman, gave birth to you, and your probably absent father were both way too young, dumb, and ill-prepared to be parents because they spent their money in ecstasy at Burning Man, are also weak. I took too much ecstasy in my 20s, so nothing makes me happy anymore. They failed you. Blame your parents, not the white man, not Donald Trump, not slavery, not the cops, not America, not society. Amateur millennials, your parents fucking suck. You know, it's that kind of permissive parenting that forfeited your country to the communists. I mean, I don't understand. You got your ears gauged, your hair is a pretty purple, and or is in a man bun. You're not shaving your pits, you refuse physical fitness, you're not eating meat, you're not wearing a bra, your body is covered in tattoos that you can't afford, you're smoking weed freely, you're on a steady diet of anxiety meds, you're having your designer coffee at Starbucks while you search the web on your $2,000 Mac computer. How are you not happy? You got everything you wanted, right? Oh, that's right. For you to be happy, everyone else has to be like you. You know, an individual who wants to be treated like everyone else. Special. Wow, you are just a bundle of rage. Fuck it, A. And by the way, amateur millennials, a lot of people's parents, and I do mean an incalculable number, throughout history have also sucked. And somehow, an equally incalculable number of the offspring of those sucky parents managed to stir up their inner resolve, put on their big boy pants, grow a dick, man up, step up, dig deep, and find the strength and wherewithal to not be like their shitty parents. That could be you. Nah, feelings are more dramatic. Crying in the front seat of your car gets more TikTok followers and likes. One last thing, amateur millennials. Only a true friend tells you the stuff you don't want to hear. Time's a bit of a factor here, so as much as I'd like to spend the day murdering all of you, I'm afraid we need to press on. I love doing this show, but sometimes I love doing it more than other times, and I love this show today. All right, let's take some nibbles off the a la carte menu. I wonder if the descendants of the slaves who built the pyramids will be asking Egypt for reparations. Really want to help the environment? Shut down China. All of it. It's only fair since they do produce one-third of the world's pollution of every kind. Now this looks like hypocrisy, so amateurs just take a knee. But we need a little democracy, because it feels just like the CCP. I saw a commercial for KFC for their new chicken nuggets. Are we all still supposed to be impressed by the chicken nugget? Wait, hang on. Chicken is now available in nugget form? Oh, and I thought it was called Who Cares Nest? With absolute respect to the Maui victims, only a Democrat administration could fail at extinguishing a fire on a site surrounded by water, a fire that they caused. And by the way, where are the I stand with Hawaii proclamations and Hawaiian flags? Yeah, save your support for corrupt communist BLM that literally did nothing for anyone and literally destroyed America and Ukraine, who laughs at us as we rot from the inside out. Why are you Satan? Still won't admit that technology has ruined attention spans and made people less patient? Before streaming, and even before VCRs, there was a time when people used to plan their lives around a TV show. When it aired, live, because you didn't want to be out of the loop and wait for the reruns. Now it's skip intro, next episode, next episode, next episode. 
Still don't think that the government wants to control you and track you with electric cars? Still saying, it's so nice not to have to pay so much for gas? <laughs> you simple, stupid amateurs. No way you get off that easy. Not only do you have a car that is volatile should the battery catch fire, and have a vehicle that requires a major expense to replace said battery, mined by child slaves in China, and it won't pay you back in fuel costs for decades, but now, if you live in Oregon and Utah, your beloved government that you voted for announced mandated G GPS trackers in electric vehicles to tax drivers per mile driven. <laughs> I think it's safe to say most women aren't fond of their periods, so only an amateur man who pretends to be a woman would insist that he gets a period. Sometimes I wonder if I have ovaries in my scrotum. Oh, there still are things in this world that are done right. I manage to scrounge up three of them every week. This is three pro things, and here's number one. How'd that defunding of the police go in Seattle, amateurs? Living in a utopia? Everyone on the honor system? Lots of peace and harmony? I'll let this resignation letter from a Seattle cop with 23 years on the force paint the picture. This is from the Daily Wire, but it's found everywhere. Seattle Police Lieutenant Jessica Taylor, who retired on August 1st after more than two decades on the force, refused to complete the standard exit interview form and instead penned a blistering 15-page letter to the police chief. Wow, 15 pages. Here are some of the highlights. Chief Diaz, let me tell you, the state of the Seattle Police Department and this city is a disgrace. The toxic mix of the Seattle City Council's absurdity, the spinelessness of the mayor, the leniency of the prosecutor's office, and your failed leadership has accelerated the city's downhill slide straight to rock bottom. The problems were already brewing before you came on the scene, but since your arrival, it's been a freefall into anarchy and chaos. If you haven't noticed, the criminals are running this city. Aren't you embarrassed? I am. It's mortifying. The city that once prided itself on progressiveness and prosperity has now become a hotbed for crime and anarchy. Taylor accused Adrian Diaz, the police chief, of having an insatiable appetite for control that blinds him to the sacrifices of officers facing danger on the street. She also accused the police chief of badging his way to the front of a Taylor Swift concert where people paid thousands to be there. In other words, he's flashing his badge just walking right up to the front. Everyone else is paying stupidly paying thousands of dollars to see commie Taylor Swift. And he just like, excuse me, coming through, coming through. Police chief, a grown man. I want to be up front for Taylor Swift. Meanwhile, the Seattle City Council has, quote, lost touch with reality and is making decisions that defy common sense and basic logic, Taylor wrote. Their priority is playing politics and pandering to radical ideologies rather than genuinely serving the city's and its residents' best interests. So, as I walk away from the Seattle Police Department, I do so with my head held high, knowing that I stood up for what's right and refused to be silenced. My conscience is clear, and I have no regrets about speaking out against the failed leadership that has brought this department and this city to its knees. Number two. So, Amateur Nation still is griping about toxic masculinity. Robert Downey Jr., are you listening? Still want the world to be run by women? Because men start wars. Try this on for size. Saw this post from at Surya underscore Cloudis. 43% of boys are raised by single mothers. 78% of teachers are female. So close to 50% of boys have 100% feminine influence at home and 80% feminine influence at school. Toxic 
masculinity isn't the problem. The lack of masculinity is. And number three. Do you know who the first pro in pronation in America was? Want to take a guess? I refer you to my book, Amateur Nation, The Decline of Common Sense, Manners, and Social Skills, available on Amazon. You can download it right now. And if I may read a brief excerpt from the chapter, Amateur Habitats and History. And by the way, what I'm about to read to you is indeed fact. Here we go. Although amateurs consistently act like they are at home, amateurs are found everywhere. Don't think for two seconds that there's not some dolt holding up the only other all-terrain vehicle at the North Pole because she's taking a selfie. Hashtag so cold and hashtag pole life. In some primitive Amazon jungle tribe, just like some idiot talking too loudly on his cell for the whole world to hear, right now, some jungle tribesman is communicating via smoke signal with way more clouds than necessary, stinking up the whole damned village. And at this moment, during a climb to the top of Mount Everest, one of the climbers will reach the summit and say, this is amazing, and then come down the mountain, get on a plane to fly home, and when the flight attendant gives him extra peanuts, he'll say, oh my god, you're amazing, with the same level of enthusiasm. In the 1970s, the term me decade described a general new attitude of Americans pointing to individualism and away from communitarianism, in contrast with social values prevalent in the United States during the 1960s. The 1980s saw the formation of Generation X, the me first decade, the greed decade. Frankly, from the year 2003, right around when MySpace started, by the way, don't you love that name? This is MySpace. Now everyone look at it and come in, but it's mine. In this author's humble opinion, at the time of this writing, we're going on 16 plus years of amateur nation. Amateuritis doesn't discriminate. It affects all cultures, ages, generations, shapes, sizes, sexes, sexual preferences, political affiliations, religions, and even eras. Case in point. The father of our country, President George Washington, wrote a short handbook called Rules of Civility and Decent Behavior in Company and Conversation. And he wrote it when he was 14. In the foreword of his book, it mentions how diligence in social matters was common practice in decent society the world over during his lifetime. Even he noticed a decline in pro-behavior back then. He recorded 110 rules that were, quote, intended to polish manners, impress the obligation of moral virtues, teach how to treat others in social relations, and above all, instill the practice of a perfect self-control. Or in layman's terms, he wrote a guidebook to instruct others to mind your P's and Q's, leave your drama at home, treat others how you would want to be treated, and think before you open your yap when in public. While admittedly many of the rules in his book are extreme, somewhat humorous, and even a bit strict or do not apply in today's society, many do hold true today, most notably his very first rule. Rule 1. Every action done in company ought to be with some sign of respect to those that are present. That's just common sense, right? And here's a 14-year-old kid who understood that. Before you say or do something in public, be respectful to everyone present. That rule is just as valid today as it was then, and it's needed even more so today due to our exponentially increased overpopulation. If you take one thing away from this book, simply remembering you're in public, don't be a pain in the ass, you're on your way to going pro. 
Rule 67. Detract not from others, neither be excessive in commanding. In this book, you'll read stories and exchanges by amateurs who do exactly that. Amateurs tend to be demanding attention whores, barking orders, making scenes, full of expectations and the need for instant gratification. It's a sign of insecurity and inadequacy. They know they suck, so they have to overcompensate with everything they say and do. Speech, apparel, mannerisms, how they sit, walk, talk, and behave, many times acting out, yelling, and having a temper tantrum akin to a child. Rule 73. Think before you speak. Pronounce not imperfectly, nor bring out your words so uh, too hastily, but orderly and distinctly. If amateurs thought before they spoke and spoke correctly, smartly and distinctly, they wouldn't be amateurs. You'll see plenty of evidence of this kind of behavior in my book as well. And finally, George Washington brings it home and bookends rule number one with rule number 110. Labor to keep alive in your breast that little celestial fire called conscience. He's saying it takes some effort to behave consciously with a sense of decorum, like a pro. But I also like how he refers to it as a little celestial fire. It's a little thing, manners. But its impact is like that of a celestial fire. How often have you seen someone light up who might have a not-so-glamorous job when they hear please and thank you? It really does make a difference in someone's day, and maybe their life. George Washington was clearly a pro, and wrote that book around 1746. No amateurs tees are half off while supplies last. LouSantini.com slash shop. Copy and paste the link from whatever platform you listen on and send it to a fellow pro or an amateur that is doing life wrong. And leave a review. Laugh it up with my Drybar special, drybarcomedy.com slash L-O-U-S. Ah, Amateur Nation is not just a podcast, it's a movement. Remember, amateurs, see you. You're not at home. Don't do life wrong. Go pro. Don't be an amateur. For Amateur Nation, I'm Lou Santini, and this has been a Big Major Production. Don't worry, I got enough, it's big.